Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today, we have the amazing guest, Johnny Alexander, who's a senior director of quality for external manufacturing for medical device company um, at Edwards Life Sciences. And I am so happy to bring Johnny on. Especially someone that I've looked up to for a while, um, especially I was as I was meeting people, um, he's like a little ray of light. Um, so I'm excited to get to share some wisdom today and um, poke some questions. So welcome to the show, Johnny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm truly honored uh, just listening to the introduction. I'm like, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> You're like, he sounds great. Can I listen to him? <laughs> I want to meet him also. This is good. No, thank you. It's a pleasure. And uh, if the audience doesn't know you, you are definitely a ray of sunshine. And I see you in a meeting and everybody can't help but smile. We, we, we oh, get into some really good topics together. Yeah, I think that's the fun of it, is being able to have those connections. I mean, you're doing work, but you gotta, do you enjoy the people and the, the time you're having, which is a lot of the questions for today, too. Oh, that's getting... wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, you know, my thing is, you know, we spend most of our time living time, right? We're getting ready. You're either getting ready to go to work, you're driving there, you're at work, or you're driving home. So most of your wait time has <laughs> revolved around it so it needs to be fun yeah 100 percent. and so okay so tell give background about yourself maybe like you as a person um you know how you grew up maybe about yourself and then how you got into um your career what you're doing now Oh, that's good. That's it. Think about that one a little bit too. I guess if you described me, you know, I'm an athlete, you know, I've been an athlete since I was six. You know, my parents were athletes and they're in the sports and they made sure that I enjoyed that love of sports. So I'm super competitive. Like even even eating, I want to eat faster than the next person. I just I can't help myself. And you know, so everything I do is about, you know, competition and being better. But then the other side of me is like I'm a I'm a I'm a pastor that's it's it's a frustrated pastor who's doing engineering. So I'm <laughs> for scripture and Bible study. I was part of athletes in action in college and sports ministry. And so you kinda wrapped that up into a one big eclectic ball. So I, I enjoy outdoor activities. I really enjoy engineering. <clears throat> yeah, something about making something or, you know, solving a, you know, a complex technical problem. Just, I don't know, I, I get super excited as you see, like when our CCP meetings, I like, I get into that stuff. <laughs> and what I try to do is just use all of the things that I like to do, that competition, the caring for mm. people, and just wrap it into, you know, technical leadership. Yeah. So that's me. So I grew up in, uh, you know, Ohio, some Buckeye, you know, from Columbus, Ohio, and your your Ohio State fan, whether you like it or not, means <laughs> <laughs> you know. And and then and I got into engineering. I'll never forget the um, it was like I was uh, maybe it's junior in high school, going into my senior year. And I remember uh, the guidance counselor said, "Hey, I got this guy you need to meet. He's going to pick you up tomorrow morning, and take you to a um, 
an engineering firm, aerospace engineering firm. I was like, really? Yeah, it was so neat. I was like, I never even thought about engineering or what I would do. Um, <clears throat> and so she set it up, and then this guy takes me to this uh, aerospace engineering firm to the R&D area. He showed me a whole bunch of stuff I never even imagined. I was like, that is what I want to do. <laughs> that was what I do. So my parents got in their minds, that, hey, you know, he wants to be an engineer. I went to play basketball. I was recruited to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I ran tr- track. And so I was, I was steady headed after these smaller schools to play basketball, not thinking about my passion of engineering. I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to go who I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, that'll be fun. We'll figure the rest out later. Yeah. I, I figured it out later. I was really like that. So, yeah. So, you know, at the, I guess it was like a month or so before school started. Uh, the basketball thing wasn't looking great, especially for engineering. So my mom made the executive decision and sent me to Miami University. Oh, really? Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, the track coach had came once and gave me a folder. And so she got excited about that. And I hadn't applied to any other school. I didn't apply to any schools because the sports, you know, they recruit you. It's a little different. And so I hadn't even applied there. So my track coach called the Miami's track coach, Miami University, Ohio, and said, hey, we have an emergency. Can you help out? And and uh, and then he got <laughs> he said, yeah, we can do this. And so he was an athletic waiver and they got me into school. Whoa! it was a divine appointment. And so it gets even wilder. So I, I go there. I, don't, I didn't want to. I was going to run track. Even though I wanted to play basketball. And, so I'm still not thinking about a career at this point. My mom's like, hey, you, you can do this. So I majored in architecture out of spite. <laughs> yeah. So it was day three, I go to, you know, first practice, I think. You know, it was freshman start there. You're at my first practice. And the track coach pulls me aside and says, hey, I don't think that you're an architect. Here's what you're going to do. And he hands me this syllabus for manufacturing engineering. No way. And I go, what? I think my mom was to call or something. I'll never forget <laughs> it. I'll never forget it. I was like, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, so we're cha- we've changed your clothes, your your um, your classes, and we, <laughs> we're moving you. Really? Out. Oh, yeah, it was already in motion. It was the done deal. <laughs> I don't think you can run track and do architecture. You don't seem to me like an architect. I think you're an engineer. <laughs> and and there it was. So I made it. I, I got into it. Loved it. You know. I even I even saw the coach a couple of years ago at a reunion. I said, "Hey, you really changed my life." <laughs> I love manufacturing engineering to this day. You know. Yeah. I'm, You're like I think you were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked it so much. I went to Michigan University. You know, kind of weird for a Buckeye. I went to Michigan for a master's degree in in uh, manufacturing engineering. So I got two degrees in manufacturing. So that's it's kind of how I got to where I was, and you know, I started my career at, at General Motors, yeah, mm. doing some manufacturing related items, and and uh, did that for about uh, nine years, and, and you know, liked what I was doing, you know, it was good work, but then medical devices popped up, and so the automotive industry was starting to take a down tour, but 2005, and a couple of buddies had, had left Jump Ship, we called it. <laughs> <laughs> and it went to, to Johnson and Johnson. <clears throat> and, and so I was like, wow, let me check this out. And I got into medical devices. It was able to continue, you know, my passion for manufacturing engineering. 
as a development engineer, did that for, you know, a while and really loved it. And then uh, what I had missed, I, I was a, a, a quality manager at, um, at GM and I missed that people leadership. I really miss being able to yeah. pour into people. So I, I pursued, you know, a leadership role in R&D. So I became an R&D project director. And that's how I spent the last six years at J leading, you know, R&D front-end projects and launching products, put, pro- putting product into the, the market. So it's kind of, kind of, you know, my whole life wrapped up into what, five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, if I were, how do I explain my all my life's work uh, and who I am in five minutes? That was good. Gives you a glimpse. Gives you a glimpse. Absolutely. Um, you're so. I mean, you talked about a couple of things. I, I couldn't agree that. I mean, I feel like sports. Growing up doing sports teaches you so much that I didn't realize. Like, I feel like when I was doing sports, I was just like, "Ooh, fun soccer," um, <laughs> and like you were like, "Oh yeah, basketball," you know. Like, oh, all these things that, you know, kind of just came into play um, by doing those things that you love, which is, especially with sports, very nice, like gets you the discipline and, you know, obviously healthy for you and um, has those connections that clearly ended up um, (laughs) time management, all those good things, like figuring out how to interact with people. Um, And then it's cool you're tying in okay, the competition with the caring for people and, and what you do as a pastor and then um, the solving problems aspect. And you're like, no, if I combine all of those, I have my my job. Um, and that makes sense on the type of leader you are. Um, so, like, are there other things that drive your leadership style? Or I know you talked a lot about, like, the com- Problems. What else is that a driver of the type of leader you want to be? Are you trying? Yeah, you to know, I have a vision for when I when I retire as being the best leader anyone ever got a chance to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I, and I I try to figure out like you know what what are those qualities? And I there's a couple books that kind of change things for me. One of them is called Spiritual Leadership by Henry Blackaby, and and then. Um, and the, the gist of that is uh, a servant leadership and, and being serving uh, people versus, you know, driving people totally different. Like what are you being willing to do uh, tasks versus just, just stating them, you know? So I always mm-hmm. tell people, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. Yeah. I'll do it with you. Yeah, it's, it's kind of how I was taught as a leader. My, my yeah. best leaders in my life have been servant leaders. Uh, and I, and it's, uh, some of some of it's actually doing things for them, but the other part is just caring for them. Yeah. Sometimes they just need to know that you care and, and you listen and like, hey, if there's a problem, yeah, can you take work off? Can you can you make life just easier for them so they can focus on on you know the task at hand or achieving their goals and so that yeah. kind of and that drives me <clears throat> sort of why i'm huge on uh you know wellness and emotional intelligence stuff <laughs> and, and also big on career development so i i try to uh, i try to 
put people in place to do bigger things when they leave the group. That's awesome. Yeah. And it shows it really. And I think that's one why I've asked you to come on today, but then two, I think what drew me to your type of leadership and a lot of people, um, that it doesn't go unrecognized, but it's, you know, if you look at, at least myself, if I reflect on the leaders that I admire the most and, and, want to be the most like, you know, um, as I continue in my journey, it's not necessarily, I mean, I, there is something about someone who has a lot of intelligence in one area. And that's something that I do, um, think is really impressive. I think that from a leadership standpoint, it can quickly get over if they're not focusing on those things that you touched on, you know, like, how are you actually making people feel? Um, what do they think about when they consider you as leader? What do you think of yourself? Like, what kind of leader do you want to be? Um, I, I tend to, whenever I'm on a flight, I tend to say, okay, what kind of person do I want to be? And I like write all the things down. Um, and then I'm like, okay, what, what would it look like for me to how would I achieve those things? And some, it changes every flight depending on like what I'm thinking about, but sometimes it'll be like, Oh, like I'd love to be a person who works out in the morning and, you know, uh, goes to bed early. And it's so funny. Cause I'll like have these things that are very attainable and I'll look at them and be like, Oh, I can, I can do that. But it's interesting to then on the other side of whether it's a leader or an employee, or, uh, you know, a mom, a dad, whatever it is, you can sit and say, okay, what type of leader do I want to be? And, and write out those characteristics. And then to what you're saying, continue to reflect back on that. I think that's awesome where you're like, okay, what do I want to be? And, and, and am I doing that? And how do, how do I keep bettering that? Um, and I, I think that's a cool vision to say, I want to be the best. So that's something that you can continue to strive on. And, um, it isn't just, oh, I, I hit the bottom line this year, you know, it's, it's really like very um, people driven, which I, is very admirable. Yeah, you know, that's, um, thank you. That's, uh, I, I usually gauge my performance from the year on, you know, how the, how the team did, you know, even I've been on, especially in R&D, in, in some of the in new product development stuff we do, mm-hmm. you're going to have failures. You think that you're not going to make all your milestones. Yeah. Then you, but you, as a leader, you have to look, Hey, did I put everybody in position to succeed? Did we, mm-hmm. did we learn some things? And is the team better? Is the team click? I was, I was on a terrible project before I came here. <laughs> <The Edwards laughs> Edwards. It was, everybody knows how bad it was. I was the fourth leader to, to take the project over. It was just awful. And we kept failing our validation. Yeah, we had two big misses, but the team stuck together. And that's one of my, just the proudest moments is how mm. the team really cared for each other, kept our heads up. You know, as, as a leader, I say, I take the beating. You guys don't take the beatings. Mm. Uh, and, and that, but I, I look back at my career and that's probably one of the proudest moments, even how bad that project was, how difficult it was. See how the team really, and we still text. You know, I'm not even there. We have a group text that we still. That's you know, awesome. We check on each other. We still talk. I mean, those are those are those projects that build you know lifelong friendships and relationships. If you're willing to 
to, to lead that way. A hundred percent. I think I've learned it's from, I've been really blessed with how like great leaders um, I've been around. You do remember that. You're like, you remember the teams. You remember how good it was. You remember all the things you learned. Um, and then it's interesting on the other side when, you know, I'm sure I also learned the most on, I think, being under, and it wasn't long, but a leadership. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, this is really important. <laughs> Makes a big difference. Because uh, I think I, you know, up until that point, I'd always had it amazing, like, you know, five out of five. And then you get um, an experience it is and, and how much it can affect your your happiness and your work and your mental health um and so that's I mean you talked about your wellness check so I want to get into those um so for the audience Johnny has these wellness checks so once a week an email um to a group of people and and from what I see and you can correct me Johnny but it's, it seems like as you make it connections with people and if you seems like when you think you know they might value from this you know your your list of people who are on it keeps keeps growing um and it's it's little um, different things depending on you know what what what's in going on in Johnny's life um but something that really resonates and and I've talked to a couple other people that are on the list as well and at the end, there's always a challenge. So, you know, it's like, okay, based on this, how can you apply this to your life? You know, challenge yourself to, to be better, um, whether you're leading a team or you're in a team, whatever your role is. And then there's another part where you ask people, how are you doing? And it's it's always there. And I remember in the beginning, I wouldn't reply because um, in the email, it's like, vote, you know, how are you doing? Are you having an awesome week? Are you really struggling? Um, and then I think like slowly, and I've, I've heard the same thing from other people, slowly at some point you reply and you're like, yeah, I'm doing great. Or no, honestly, it's been a really tough week. And, and Johnny replies, you know, and he'll be like, oh, you know, is there anything I can do? Like, great week. Um, and those little things just show people how, that you care, that someone cares and someone actually wants to hear um, but I do think it's interesting in, in the corporate culture, so many people, and I'm, I don't, you know, know how many responses. I think in the beginning, you're like, no, he, he can't be real. No one ever asked me how I feel and no way he wants to hear from all these people, you know? Um, so I'm curious, like what got you started on the wellness checks? What do you see in the background? Um, cause you know, I only see my interaction with it, um, yeah, I'll start there. <laughs> oh, that, that's good. That's good. I, I have a friend, a mentor, who who is really big on this. You know, he would he'd, he'd ask me three questions. We we won't even see each other for a couple of years, and he'll say, "Hey, how are you doing? And you know, are you loving Kendra's my wife? Are you loving Kendra?" Mm. And then he then he asks a third question: Did you lie to me on any one of those questions? <laughs> And, and it, I was like, man, why are you, why are you, Ziski's awesome dude, man. <laughs> and I was like, why do you always ask that? He goes, because I really want to know how you're doing. Because most people just say, all right. He goes, I want to know how are you really doing. He said, we don't have a lot of time here. 
and you know our time is short so let's not waste the time let's be real with each other and so I used to I took that to heart and I used to walk around the office asking people how we were doing and how are you really doing mm. and it would always catch people by surprise like what do you mean how I'm really doing like how are you really doing you just said you're doing all right but you know it's not everything's not always perfect yeah and then now COVID hits and you don't get that walking around the office I was mm. working from home and one of the leaders, she was great. She's a Kim, uh, one of our regulatory partners. And um, she said, um, she, she was like, hey, um, I do this with my team. I just sent out a little wellness check. And just to see, you know, the easy vote, voting buttons and it's quick and easy. I'm like, oh, let me try that. And then from there, yeah, I shared that with another leader. He goes, we should, you know, engineers. He's like, we should track this, you know, our team. <laughs> anyway, so we did that for a few weeks and see how our teams were doing. And it was wild. We, we could see, we could see as uh, social unrest happened, as, as different things were happening, you know, it would go up and down. I was like, Wow. wow. So, so, so I kept that. So I took, I left that, I left J&J and joined Edwards. And I said, you know what? That was one of the cool tools. I'm going to yeah. use to one, to get to know people <clears throat> get, and two, let them see my heart and, and just be real with them. I think, I think as a leader, I tried to be very transparent about my emotions and where, how I'm doing. And so the, the, the wellness check morphs from just the four questions to, you know, adding a, you know, a leadership quote or an interesting article that I, you know, I ran across and then adding the challenge. Mm-hmm. And so how, what I do is when I, <clears throat> I'm in meetings with people across the business, you know, my role with external manufacturing lets me touch the whole organization, which is so cool. Uh, I get to work with every business unit, the regulatory finance, R and D. I mean, just a number of people. So when I meet people, we make a little connection. I just add them to the list. And so now the list is like, it's, it's, it's beyond being able to track anymore. You got like 150 people plus or so on this list. <laughs> and, and I think about, like you asked the question, how many people, I think every week there's probably about 60 to 70 people reply now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and I make That's my boss awesome. reply every now and then she doesn't want to reply. So I say, Hey, how are you doing? You know? So she's gotten the habit now of always replying and, and, <laughs> and then you know what I do you know if people are doing well I typically you know I'll, I'll ping every now and then but if you see that someone's struggling yeah. let's say you know having a rough week you know I, I try to reply right away because sometimes mm-hmm. they just need some reassurance and you wouldn't believe I mean I have personal issues at home yeah uh, people are will open up to you when they realize that you actually care yeah hundred percent. Yeah. And it just makes work more rich because we can, we can talk engineering stuff all day long and you know, everyone's really smart, especially where we work in our industry, just lots of brilliant people. But, you know, the, what really matters is those connections we make. Those are things we're, as I'm getting closer to the end of my career too, I'm starting to think about, reflect on, okay, what did I leave behind? You know, who are those people that I'm really going to stay in touch with as, 
is we you know we sit on the beach together yeah. <laughs> so, so i'm just getting more reflective of you know making meaningful uh, connections and, and building relationships and leaving as much as me as possible to the next generation yeah oh that's awesome no and it i mean it goes a long way i think um I'll share a little bit of it. When I was in a previous role, before I came to the role I'm in now, um, my manager, you know, Johnny Yvonne, who was actually the first person to ever come on my podcast, um, he's been like, um, and we have our one-on-ones, you know, they never dropped off our calendar. Um, And every time he would always ask me, you know, are, are you happy? And always I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy, you know? And there was one week, um, we must've had it. I mean, it, it was maybe like a month and every month and a half or something, we'd have a one-on-one. And there was a month where I was really struggling and I've never experienced that before. I've been like, again, very blessed to never, um, to not really have to go through super dark times or anything like that. And I was just struggling. And I, I didn't feel like anyone at work cared, um, which is could not be further from the truth. I know I have such a, a family and organization at work, um, but I feel like if you don't have people asking or don't have enough, um, or when you do tell help that they're not coming to you from a genuine place, you know, you can start to, that's when I see a lot of people in their work environment start to lose that sense of trust. Cause I think as humans, when we need someone the most, we just need something. We just need to see that someone genuinely cares and they not, might not solve the problem, um, but just like the human factor. So I see that a lot, whether in different ways, like either that'll build trust with a relationship um, and especially in a career environment or it'll deter it. Um, and I see people leaving a lot, but um there was one month. No, how are you doing? How, you know, how, you know. At the end, we're about to hop off. And he's like, "Wait, wait, wait." You know, are you happy? And I like paused and I took a while to answer. And he was like, oh, "Like on a scale of one to ten, you know." And I was like, maybe like a seven. And because he knew me, he was like, I, he was like, a seven is like that's a C. That's not good. And I was like. <laughs> I was, like, yeah. I was like it's above average like I'm you know I'm doing fine um and I'll never forget that day because I think that was the day that completely what a good weed is um and he he was like okay you know what can I do and I had been struggling for a, like a month to get someone to listen to me because there was other things going on in the organization that that really needed to change um and not necessarily even just for myself I was seeing it for other people and and I tend to just like um really harbor emotion like I'm like if there are other people around me aren't doing well and I can't do anything about it I struggle um and he and I just start breaking down and where I like turn off my video I turn off my um this one he's like quickly really something's wrong um and I'm just breaking down and he eventually talks me through and I'm like, no one has cared. Like no, no one has. Ca- yeah. And I was like, no one's asked. I've, 
I've been pleading. I've been talking to people. I had talked to like everyone I could think of and everyone just was giving me the same answer. Um, And it was just like, whether I came with my own issues or I came with hearing other people's issues and and trying to resolve. um, I think it got so bad that at one point someone had come to me and said, works work in my management is making that I, I have suicidal thoughts. So I went to their manager and I was like, I don't know what to do with this information, but you I'm, and I didn't tell them who, but I said people on your team. And that wasn't the first person. And it was a, a bigger organizational issue, but I was like, people are struggling and I need you to help. And I can consistently got like, where's the proof? Um, you know, everyone's struggling, I'm struggling, management's struggling. And you're just like, that's not enough. That's not an excuse. Um, and so since that moment on was like a pivotal moment for me, because I think I was always like, oh, you just do your work and everyone's happy. And no, it's not. It's like the you need to know that the leadership you have is going to have your back and they care about you is more than the work you're going to put on the table. Um, and I think I have the utmost respect for my leader and telling, um, Rob, that I was going to join his team. So my senior vice president, his first thing he said to me was, I'm so glad you're going to join our team. And I just want you to know that we want you to join because of who you are. And regardless, if you make mistakes, but we, we want you because of the person you are not the engineer, the output you're going to give, that's, that's just a a benefit. And that was like that psychological safety that that provides. And there's actually studies with, um, there was like, I think Google did a study where psychological safety was one of the strong productivity, um, but it's something something we we overlook a lot, right? Because it's like, well, you know, let's get them to do the work and then we'll, we'll hope that they're, they're happy on the back front. But if you can give that psychological safety, um, and that mental well-being, which is something that you drive a lot and are clearly really passionate about. The other stuff will happily make sure that they're doing um, the work to get there. Um, but I think we sometimes try and tackle it the, the reverse way. So um, it's really cool to see you being a driver of that. Um, and I hope and I, I, I wonder how to continue to to push for that and um you have a great example of just leading by example so i guess the more people who lead by doing and the more um we see great groups i hope more people will learn from that yeah thanks for sharing that story i mean those those are the stories that that really encourage me to keep things going you know and and keep um checking in on folks when you see that you know if you only help one person then you know it's it's worthwhile yeah. Yeah, you know, that's I think as leaders are are responsible. You you've got person's livelihood and their well being in your hands. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, especially for like new hires, their parents are interesting. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> you know, you know those new wives and their spouses are trusting yeah. you to to care about them so they could go home and be the best that they can be at home. And then, and you know, it's funny. I, I was going to stop the wellness updates and then an event happened to me in, um, in, in February was this year. I got a call from a former employee's spouse and he said, uh, Tom killed himself. 
it was just it was just so heartbreaking and she said you know what yeah he loves you and he just so appreciative you checking in on him and always caring for him and I was like oh my goodness <clears throat> and I know I could think is what if somebody yeah. was checking in on him you know and he had retired so he'd been away but you know and it, so the, so the same thing goes for when we're outside of work you know and that moment there convinced me that I'll continue, you know, the weekly check-ins because you just don't know what's, you know, someone you think is perfectly fine, you know. I was like, oh, he's enjoying, you know, retirement, you know, we do Christmas mm-hmm. cards, you check in, you, you know, and, and you just never know what's going on or who 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 you could be that rescue for. And so that's, so that, that kind of solidified it for me that say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I'm super busy right now. I've got way too much <laughs> of my plate going on. But I purpose every week. It's, it's an action item on Thursday to do that. You know, it's 15, awesome. 20 minutes and then reply because it's, I think that's more important than, you know, the, the engineering stuff. We're going to save lives, which is great. You know, we, we got, we'll, we'll do that. But, you know, the, the lives that we have that were sitting next to us are very important. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's a tough thing to go through and it'll really, um, but it is, it's those little things that, that really go a long way. And that's, it's, it's crazy how much they stick with people, right? I don't think you'll always get to hear it necessarily. Um, but it's something that, you know, remember Oh, that person made me feel seen. That person made me feel safe. That's someone I can trust. You know, they're not going to remember like, oh, I had a meeting and we, you know, <laughs> we got an action item done. You know, <laughs> like it's not what they're going to remember in the long run. <laughs> oh, no, that psychological safety is huge as a leader to create that space where, you know, and my team knows they can disagree with anything. You know, if they don't like a direction, please say something. Yeah. You know, or and then have that. I give them the freedom to make mistakes too. Cause I can't be, I can't make every decision, you know, half of my decisions will probably be bad anyway. So I said, you guys are in it. You say, like, yeah, no. it's like, I was like, you guys are in it, you know, make a decision, go with it. Tell me what you did. And you know, if it doesn't turn out right, we'll fix it. It's fine. And, and I think it just gives them just that freedom to, to be the better engineers and do what they can do best, not worrying about disappointing or getting punished or, or letting anybody down like that's that psychological safety is huge for innovation as we talk innovation yeah and i think it's the biggest thing like to innovation productivity um like you recently sent out um an article that you're looking at the um quiet quitting is like (laughs) a thing now right and it's because people end up being like, fine, you know, you don't care about me. I don't have psychological safety here. I'm no, I no longer have the inspiration and motivation to put this energy into my work. And it's like, it's so sad because like people want to, people want to be inspired and motivated with their work. Um, They just want to be seen for it. You know, they just want to feel safe. Which, I mean, it's easier than it sounds, but it is also easier sometimes than we make it seem, you know? Um, Sometimes just 
genuinely caring about a person and letting them know you genuinely care about them will go a long way. Yeah, no, it's it's caring, you know, and you know, we caring about someone, especially when they don't expect it. <laughs> That's the <Yeah. laughs> those are the ones that get me too. Somebody will check in and say, Hey, you know, I want to see I've seen that you're going to want to help. It's like, oh man, that's it's just mm-hmm. a huge uplift. <laughs> yeah, you're like me. You care? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this has been such a fun interview with Johnny Alexander, which is why we didn't want it to end. A part two will be coming out October fifteenth, and in that we dive into how to be a good ally to minorities within your industry. Um, And we specifically do dive into topics about females in industry, especially in engineering, um, but what you can do in all industries to be an ally um, in the conversation with or without the people in the room, no matter what title you are. And then we also go into some advice he has at the end of that episode. So make sure you come back, subscribe, so you get the notifications and see you next time on What the Tech Am I Doing? (laughs) 